Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I am back as your host. This is Conquer the Gauntlet Pro and Strength and Speed owner Evan Preparis. Mike Stefano went back to his usual job over at Obstacle Running Adventures. So if you want to hear his content, please head over and subscribe to him. He's got great stuff going on all the time over in the Northeast there. All right, today's episode is going to be a bonus episode. So normally we focus on obstacle course racing, but today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, it's a bonus episode because we're focusing on something other than obstacle course racing, but it does tie back into what I've been doing over the last week. Uh, so today's episode, we're going to be talking about Folds of Honor, and the special guest I have is Colleen Katzenberger, who is a recipient of some of the benefits from Folds of Honor, and she also lost her husband, Jeremy Katzenberger, who was in 75th Ranger Regiment, I believe he was on his eighth deployment, so... Lots of deployments there, and then uh, left behind, was it two kids, Colleen? Just one. Just one. One kid. One kid. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> so um, we're going to be talking to her, and I'm, I was going to try to do like an introduction, but I'd rather have just her tell a little bit more about her story, and uh, kind of, I know Colleen from, I work with uh, Jeremy's brother, Ben, currently, and I met Colleen, I met you very briefly at the uh, Jeremy Katzenberger Memorial Triathlon, which goes on every uh, awesome. August or September. Uh, we talked very yeah. briefly, but it was, it was kind of been passing. There's no reason you'd know, you remember me besides I was standing next to Ben. But cool. that's, was that this year? This that year? was not this year. I, I had okay. another race this year, so I couldn't go. It was last year we did the relay. Um, okay. And very cool. One of the things that was I, I thought was super cool about that triathlon was a lot of, you know, when they do memorial triathlons all the time, it's just like is named after someone, and then you—that's really yeah. it. You don't really get any connection. And you guys, yeah. did the, your triathlon did like, you know, they showed you showed pictures and video and had like audio oh, from yeah. him. It was just so like it made you have like a personal connection, and it made like it even though I've never, cool. yeah, even though I've never met Jeremy, I felt like I, I knew I at least knew a little bit about him at the end of the day. Sure. So yeah. art. All right, so Colleen, let's. Very let, cool. I've been running my mouth. I want to hear your <laughs> your story. Like, take us through. You know, uh, tell us a little bit about Jeremy. How you guys met, and kind of uh, up until his like last deployment type stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well, how how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we try to keep it to under an hour. But yeah. Under an hour. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So I met I met Jeremy. We went to sister high schools um, here in Kansas City area. And we met when we were 16 lifeguarding. Um, his girlfriend that summer also worked with us, though. <laughs> so I often joke that um, it was good old AOL instant messenger. If we can like go back to those days that um, we kept in touch in our first year of college. We were both looking for dates for functions. We went to different colleges, but they were about an hour away. And um, one night we were talking about how we needed dates and Jeremy sent me a message that said, I'll go with you to yours if you go with me to mine. And I remember like jumping up and down in my dorm room and typing back deal. 
because <laughs> Jeremy was always just like really good looking, great guy. And I was like, just super ecstatic. Um, and so he came with me. I, my function was first. It was a sorority formal. And um, I don't know if you believe in like, I, I guess I can't say love at first sight because it was the first time we had seen each other. But it just was like the best state you could possibly imagine. And I remember at the end of that night, just thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this boy um, has really stolen my heart. And at the time, Jeremy was doing ROTC in um, Warrensburg. It was called CMSU at that time. And I think it's, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it now. It doesn't matter. Anyways, but um yeah, we were pretty much a done deal after that first date. Um, Jeremy quickly discovered in that first year of college, though, that college was not what he wanted to do. <laughs> and after his first year of college that summer, he enlisted with a um, 75th Ranger Regiment contract. And so we were 18. And I just remember that summer being full of emotions and lots of fun and um, probably the last summer I really got to be a kid because Jeremy um, got a delayed contract. So he left that October of 2004 for basic training. And I remember we wrote good old fashioned letters back and forth. Um, the whole time he was gone, I still have all the letters. It's really neat. But, um, you know, I said goodbye to a boy when he left for basic training and welcomed home the man that he was becoming for Christmas Exodus that year. And I just remember when he got off that plane being so nervous because I had no idea how the military was going to change him. And he got off and um, he was my same old Jeremy. He, he would make me laugh and um, it was like we never skipped a beat. And it was um, the best two weeks ever. And then I had to say goodbye to him after Christmas Exodus. I think he was headed to advanced infantry training and so we got a little more contact then and then after that he was headed to airborne school and from there he was headed to RASP which is um or he was headed to RIP which is now RASP um Ranger Assessment Selection Program and I remember going down for um his airborne graduation and just I was the only one that went down. Nobody from his family was able to travel for that. And so it was just him and I that weekend. And I remember just having so many deep conversations about where life was taking us. And I was in my second year of college on track to become a nurse. And just so many thoughts in my head about how I could transfer schools at that point because I was um, getting a bachelor's degree. And you pretty much enter your nursing program after that point. And so just lots of talking. And then um, right before he had to leave for RASP, he was super, super nervous. And um, remember has a groom's transportation van at Fort Benning, if anybody's ever spent time there. <laughs> Drove me away. The tears just started falling down my cheek. And I literally could not get them to stop my entire trip from Atlanta back to Kansas City because it just, all I wanted was to be with him. Um, you know, he was embarking on this really, really big endeavor to serve our country, and we were young and naive, but um, the only thing that I felt like was really keeping us apart was societal norms, and I remember making it back to Kansas City just exhausted from crying so many tears and being emotionally conflicted because I had pretty much made up my mind on that journey that 
we needed to get married. And then I remember calling him and realizing that, oh my goodness, maybe he didn't think the same thing. <laughs> then he had like 10 minutes to talk on the phone before he was going to check in the rest. And I was like, hey, so I think we should get married. <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> And I was like, I mean, and we had kind of talked about it and I had always been the one to say, no, I needed to finish school first. And so it wasn't like a total surprise, but he's like, I got to go check in. I was like, I know. I just wanted to tell you good luck. (laughs) (laughs) And we got off the phone and then, um, you know, communication was spotchy. And remember every time I would talk to him though, he just seemed like crazy weird, like off. And I was planning on going down for his graduation, the RAS graduation. And, you know, it's a big deal donning that tan beret. And I was so nervous because he had been so weird that I was convinced he was either going to break up with me or propose. (laughs) And luckily he proposed. (laughs) So um, it was in April of my sophomore year, April of 2005. And um, I remember he thought he would come home for a block leave like over the summer and he checked in and he called me and he said, Colleen, I'm coming home in two weeks. And I said, what? <laughs> and he said, we can either get married then or after my first appointment. And I said, okay, I'll make it happen. <laughs> oh, wow. So we were married um, 16 days later at, actually at Fort Leavenworth and on that adorable little chapel on the hill. Um, you know, kind of a really cool piece of it is I remember everybody thinking I was crazy. Everybody being like, what are you doing? This is nuts. Like he was an E3. We were young. We were going to be broke. I needed to finish school. All this stuff was stacked against us. And I had one morning to find a wedding dress at David's bridal and his mom was there and my mom and my sisters and, and college friends. And I remember feeling that panic because, you know, every girl dreams about the dress, right? And um, I wasn't finding one. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, what do I do if I don't find a dress? And I literally started breaking out in hives, like head to toe hives. And so I remember kicking everybody out, the like pushy sales lady that was just trying to be helpful and the moms and I just kicked everybody out. And I I remember um, just fall into my knees and, and praying about it. And I said, God, this is crazy. I am a type A planned out really by the book person. And I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do, but I'm really, really scared right now. And, um, I just remember like the sense of calm coming over me and I looked and I was like, I'll try on that dress. And I put it on and it was like the one I wore. It was like God telling me, this is the journey you're supposed to go on. Um, and I think about that day often because it's been a big journey. <laughs> so when you yeah. ask me to tell my story, I'm like, how much time? <laughs> um, yeah, we got married a week later and it was beautiful. And I followed him to Savannah, Georgia a month later um, after taking finals and wrapping up my second year of college. And man, Jeremy and I just, um, we grew up together. We figured out life and I have so many fun, wonderful memories, but not enough of time with him. Um, And those first couple of years, you know, it's hard being enlisted in Ranger Battalion. Um, And we grew really close and I um, started nursing school down there. And so that was definitely my focus. And 
we just kind of powered through those next couple of years. I wouldn't necessarily say it was easy. Um, financially, it was hard and emotionally, it was challenging. We had a lot of growing up to do, but we always came back to each other and kept our faith in the center of it. And um, I still get, like, I'm still proud when I talk about it because it, it yeah. was just really neat. Um, we really loved each other. And I graduated nursing school and he got his E5. And so then all of a sudden it was like, we won the lottery. <laughs> what it felt like. And it's still, it's still not a lot of money. <laughs> no, no, but to us, man, it sure has been no. Yeah, it's, still not it's, a lot. it's a big difference between E3 and E5, though. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a big Well, and then, and I was, we were no longer paying for college. I was finally making an income as a registered nurse. And so it was like, do that on top of it. So we made the decision um, to, to have a kiddo. You know, it was kind of time. And, I struggled a little bit with some fertility issues and um, it just brought us even closer. And, you know, through all this, he was through in his constant cycle of six months home, three months deployed. That was just the life we always lived. And um, yeah, in 2011 or 2010, um, they brought Jeremy home early from his seventh deployment, actually, to witness the birth of our child, Everett. And um, I think it's probably my favorite day. When I think of Jeremy, he was so excited and um, he just, he was just so excited to be a dad. Like of all the things that we had dreamed about doing together, parenting was like the one I think we were both looking forward to the most. Yeah. And um, it was really cool. And we had uh, about four and a half months together before his company had to surge um, during the heat of the war in 2011, and he was going to be gone on a six-month deployment. And I was still working as a registered nurse. I loved being a nurse. I had actually just switched to becoming a labor and delivery nurse at the time. And um, yeah, in March of 2011, he left on that last deployment. And then um, of June that year, I was actually coming back from a trip in Kansas City and got the news in the Savannah airport that um, Jeremy wasn't coming home. And sometimes I think it's that part of the story that I still have a hard time comprehending. <laughs> Even though it's my story and I'm the one that lived it. I was 26. I had a seven and a half month old infant. Um, I just felt like life was getting started. And with the simple words on behalf of the United States president, we regret to inform you, it was like my whole life just shattered, <laughs> just crumbled. Um, I remember curling up in the fetal position and just thinking, oh my God, what do I do? And um, you know, that beautiful baby boy across the room made this noise like babies do. And in my mind, I just um, took a deep breath and sat up and asked what needed to be done because it was the army and there's always stuff to be done and decisions to be made. And um, I often think of Everett in that moment because there was a lot of times over that next year where the only reason I got out of bed was because that kiddo. Um, and grief is big and I often say that it is the friend that never leaves and some days I carry it like a weight and other days it's like wings and it's a big process and um, took me about two years to move back to Kansas City and 
I quit nursing. I didn't feel like emotionally I could do it as well as I once did. And the first winter we moved back to Kansas City, I just remember the news kept saying, worst winter Kansas City's had in like 27 years. I was like, oh my God, I missed my friends. I missed my life in Georgia. Um, And I made this crazy decision to go back to school to be a high school biology teacher. And no, I wasn't crazy, but I, I honestly felt like my next calling was to teach. And so I um, enrolled at Rockhurst University. And that first semester I started school, I almost quit because financially, I just felt like I was being selfish. Um, you know, I qualified for GI benefits, but they were paid out monthly. And so all of a sudden the bills started coming in and money was tight. And I had a degree, a good degree. Um, and I just, yeah, I felt like I was being selfish. And through a lot of acts of synchronicity, um, Folds of Honor got connected with me. And at this point, they hadn't really exploded yet. And so they were able to come in and just say, don't you dare quit. Um, we would like, and provided me with a scholarship. And I don't know if I can think of a pivotal moment in my grief. It was... Um, Going to, it was like going to school and making that decision was the first thing I had really done for me without Jeremy. Moving back to Kansas City, the house I built, like a lot of that was for Everett in some ways and myself, but it was a joint decision and going back to school was fine. And um, I, I, w- I wouldn't have been able to do it without Folds. I, I often think about what life would be like now if I had quit. Um, so I'm in my fourth year of teaching. I finished that degree at Rockhurst in 2016 and I'm in my fourth year of teaching and I like love it. <laughs> um, I love telling my students about Jeremy. I love talking about my experience as a nurse. Um, yeah, it's humbling. It's a, it's a been a long journey to get me here, but man, I'm thankful for it. Really, really thankful. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. It was good though. I'm like... <laughs> I'm trying to hold it together on my end here. Um, <laughs> so, I get, I know, uh, I'm glad we're only doing audio so that yeah. you don't see all my ugly faces as I hold back the tears. <laughs> yeah, every time someone tells a story like that, you know, it's, you know, as a active military with a family, like it, it hits a little too close to home for me. So I, oh, sure. Um, and then, you know, if I have friends and stuff that haven't come home too. So, so. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a small amount of us that I think it just, it's not always stories, it's life. And so I get that. Yeah. Well, uh, yep. you know, thank you for everything you've done and um, sacrifices your family has made. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm kind of like, I'm a little speechless for questions. <laughs> usually, usually I've got them lined up pretty good, but uh, yeah. You know, no, it's okay. uh, <laughs> well, and it's weird. I still feel unworthy when people thank me <laughs> as strange as that sounds. Um, sure. Be, and I will give all credit to military spouses and I will never undermine that of course has a former one, but I think the idea of actually going and fighting war and defending our country, whew, that's big. And so thank you. Um, takes a lot to do that. I often think of Jeremy, man, it was just, what he was born to do and he was good at it. He was really good at it. <laughs> um, 
Now, uh, yeah. so I, I have I have talked to his dad before, um, and his dad came, and when he was promoting the triathlon at uh, the majors course at CGSE, he told some stories sure. about Jeremy and what he was like kind of growing up. Um, can you, I don't know if you know the exact same stories, but can you, you know, tell us a little bit more, more about him, um, about him personally? Oh, sure. I like the first thing I would, I would, he was funny. Jeremy was just really funny. <laughs> um, he was like this lighthearted guy that never, like he was friends with everybody. Um, and he would have this like infectious laugh that it was like this belly laugh. And, um, I remember when we started dating, he would do this Harry Carey impression that was like, you know, if you were a hot dog, you know, that one. I won't yep. Go you yourself. Yeah. <laughs> the wolf and I, would like, yeah. <laughs> I would like have tears rolling out my cheeks, but I was a little sheltered growing up. So I never actually seen the real skit. And I remember one day he pulled it up for me and I was like, oh no, no, no. I think you're way funnier. <laughs> 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 this guy's not nearly as good as you are. Yeah, no, he just, and he was, um, he was a family man. It was, I chuckled because I think about it. It wasn't until after his passing where I learned that he would tell all the guys all the time that he never went out because I wouldn't let him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? I think I, I think I told him one time he could use that like as an excuse. There was like something he's like, I really don't want to go. And I was like, just tell him I said you couldn't or something. And <laughs> then I learned he used it just all the time. Because <laughs> like really his favorite thing was just, um, we love to just on a Friday night, get takeout and sit on, the, sit on the couch and watch a good movie and play games. We would often host game nights at our house or um, we would do Sunday night meals for the single guys that were in his squad. Um, he was a friend. He was funny and he was a friend. Um, and I would often have times comprehending kind of like the warrior he had become. Um, obviously as an army ranger, he was pretty elite and tough in what he could do. And, um, but he was really good at always coming home to me and just, you know, we had a rhythm. He would have to decompress for sure. but. Um, he balanced it really well. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally feel that. Like I, sometimes I feel like I have like almost like a split personality with like the way I act military and then like you come home and then I have like sure. my race life where it's like almost these like three divergent personalities sometimes. They overlap <laughs> a little bit, but um, I, I feel like I'm a different person sometimes. I, I get it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, it was interesting. We had the battalion psychologist come and talk to all the wives one time in Savannah and he said what makes a really good military person sometimes is their ability to compartmentalize, you know? Um, but so yeah, that doesn't surprise me, but I heard stories about him after he passed away. Cause there were just a lot of things we had a really good understanding. He would definitely talk with me about things, but I, I don't think I ever understood how well he filtered some of those stories for me, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that was that was neat for me to hear after he passed away because he was so humble. I would have, I actually had no idea he was as good at his job as he was. <laughs> yeah, I mean he got promoted well and he went up the ranks well, but it, I just assumed everybody did, and that yeah. sounds terrible, but it just wasn't why I loved him, and he didn't need me to love him for that if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah. 
So I was actually in, we were in Savannah, Georgia, doing some training uh, about a year ago. And there was like a, there's like oh. a local bar right down by the uh, waterfront there. Kevin Berry's. Yeah. It just closed. Did it, it really? It just closed. On New Year's oh. Eve, it sure did. It was like heartbreaking. Yeah. So, so the, for those of you who haven't been there, the best thing about that bar is upstairs, like the entire second mm-hmm. floor is all military themed. And, you know, they have pictures and, you know, my favorite part was they had all the, oh, not all, but like a lot of the fallen soldiers, especially from, uh, you know, 175 and some of the other uh, yes. u- units and people that have passed through there. and some of them, yeah. Right. That, that wanted to remember their friends, you know, and every time I go to one of those things, I always, I always look at all the faces because you pass, you meet a lot of people in your travels in the military. And then like, sometimes it sounds like bad, but you don't even know that someone has passed who you maybe went through a training course with. Oh, and, sure. Uh, yeah. I remember looking through the pictures and I was like, I know that one. And it, it was Jeremy. <laughs> and I, cause I had seen, you had used the same picture for, I think for one of the triathlon flyers. Oh, or sure. Something. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. recognized it and I was super excited. And Ben, uh, his brother wasn't with me. So, you know, I sent him a picture and I was like, do you know about this? Do you know your brother's like in this bar? This like a random bar. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. No. So, um, <laughs> but it was cool to, it's cool to see, see that thing. Yeah. It's really cool. It's sometimes just neat when I like strangers will reach out and just be like, Hey, I heard it. Yeah. It's neat to, um, you know, it's been almost nine years. It'll be nine years this June. And it's, it amazes me that he hasn't been forgotten by strangers i mean of course we're not going to forget him and his family is not going to but right um i love that it feels like the people are still paying paying their respects and that means the world it means the world and especially the effort you know it's it's hard because um yeah he he didn't get enough time with jeremy um he has lots of questions and i love it when he hears stories and um, people talk to him about it. it it means a lot to him too for sure. Well, so I was actually, when I was looking at your pictures about it from that your past week and all the cold, I couldn't help but think about Jeremy when he went through ranger school, did mountain phase in the snow. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> he like hated the snow after that. And so it's like that piece of me that I feel like I can't really comprehend why, but for some reason now it's like, I hate the snow because he did. <laughs> So I had the opposite. So I started as a winter ranger and finished as a summer mm-hmm. ranger. I took the extended tour. I don't recommend yeah. it. Um, well, yeah, Jeremy struggled too. It took him a, a couple different visits um, to to get that done. <laughs> he had some really bad luck, a couple injuries, and gosh, that was a long year. It's a really long year. <laughs> yeah, it's it turns. I mean, it, it turns into like I mean, it's like a third year skill, a third who you're paired up with and then like a third yes. instructor roulette, right? Like some of the instructors grade easier than other ones. And, you know, if you're paired yeah. up with two guys who aren't very good, you know, it makes it a lot harder to pass if the two guys you're with are not doing well. So it's, um, well, here, it what do you guys put into like a, a platoon? Is that what it is? Like, yeah. For the first the phase, bigger... it's, it's a squad. Uh, and then when you get mountain in Florida, it's platoon. Okay. So his whole squad in the first phase, the first time he went, was recycled oh the entire thing because they supposedly all got along so well that they um it was called rigging gears and i remember he was so mad <laughs> so when did, just out of curiosity when did he start 
ranger school? So he missed it. It must have been like May um, because he missed my 21st birthday. I remember he was in holdover over my 21st birthday. So May of what year? Oh, gosh. I was born in 85. So was that 2006? Okay. We missed each other by a year. Yeah. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, that would be wild if we were there at the same time. But no, it's about, we're off by about That would have been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, so yeah, I think it was May of six. And then he graduated in like April, I think of 07. <laughs> he deployed in the middle of that too for a little bit and then had to go back. Oh, nightmare. <laughs> he like broke his foot too, got an in- infected ingrown toenail. I mean, he had like the worst luck, worst luck. I felt bad, but it was a big deal when he finished. And it was actually really cool this past summer. So my brother also served in 1st Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment. And so we all went down to Benning this past summer and showed Everett all of that stuff. That was pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, just a little bit. Like, I would just love to know where your drive comes and, like, why you picked Holds of Honor. Um, I'm always – I like that question on my side. You know, I get interviewed a lot for Folds of Honor and – I love the opportunity to share my story, but sometimes I just want to know what piques people's interest in it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So the the company that I race for, it's called Conquer the Gauntlet. It's a Midwest-based obstacle course racing series. A lot of obstacle course racing series partner with a charity, and they're based out of – the race company is based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they oh, had, sure. Okay. They had, they had partnered with Folds of Honor. And yeah. 2016, I'm looking for a charity to partner with to – uh, raise some money. And so I'm looking around, looking at a lot of the military charities, you know, a lot other ones have, I would say cooler symbols than folds of honor. Like the folds of honor is just a folded flag. Very respectful. Right. But like, <laughs> you know, there's ones with like skulls and swords and, you know, you know, like they mark, sure, I've actually thing. never thought about that. That's so, I've never thought about that. <laughs> like right, what so, would look cooler on a Jersey? <laughs> it's like a marketing thing. Right. So I'm looking at the other ones and the other ones, um, I wasn't crazy about their mission statements. They were just too vague, right? You know, they're like, we support military families. And it's like, well, well, I'm a military family. Like, why don't I just keep the money for myself then? If I'm giving sure. you money, right? Um, yeah. Folds, I liked yeah. Folds because it was a tangible benefit. It's like, here's a scholarship that I'm physically handing you. And that is what the money's going to. And then I started looking into them more. And like, they have a very high percentage of like the money collected actually goes to the scholarship. Because you look at some yes. charities, their, their percentage is not very good. Um, yeah, totally. And then, you know, as a military, as someone who's been in the military, um, my, I lost my college roommate in April of 2007. Oh, Evan, um, I'm sorry. I lost my, we, we had a soldier in my company die who I wasn't very close with, but um, still as part of the company, so, I felt partly responsible yeah, for that. Home. Sure. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, yeah. And so, you know, even though I'm in, I'm in special forces now, um, you know, the, my personal connections to losses were all in the regular army. So I wanted to find an organization that supports them or, you know, that kind of idea. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And folds of honor fits that, fits that bill really well. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, know, especially now I have children. uh, It's a lot, again, I, you know, as kind of growing up or without kids, I was like, you know, my wife's an adult. She'll be able to, it's going to be awful for her. Absolutely. But like, she can handle it. Like when you, when I think about a little kid trying to deal with something like that, like, I, 
I start losing it, right? Because you know, they, oh yeah, <laughs> so they they don't have they they have no choice in the matter, and they're they're still they're still growing, and there's still so much um, that's missed, you know, if a parent doesn't come back. So uh, I really yeah. really like that cause, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah, the thought of me it's, leaving and you know not seeing my daughter again or my son, it just it, it's rough, right? You know, so. oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I think the really cool thing about Folds is the way that they take care of their scholarship recipients too, you know, and it's as much or as little as you want. I feel like they're very respectful if you don't want to be super involved, but um, it's really just become another family in some ways that I've met some great kids that are in college that have, you know, never got to know a parent and I can look at them and think to myself, effort's going to be okay. Like, sure, this sucks. And I would change it in a heartbeat but um I look at some of these kids and it's so comforting to me to just be like he'll be okay um and I haven't really gotten that in a lot of other places you know um it's powerful it's really powerful yeah I think of it too in the essence of like man (laughs) you know I say going back to school and choosing to be a teacher was really for me but I remember a part of my decision making was I was like oh my gosh, it would be so easy for me to just become this like really terrible helicopter mom that like ever is like my whole life because he's kind of all I have. <laughs> and I was like, I really need something that's for me. Um, and I think of it and I look at it now and I actually think I'm like a better mom despite being a full-time working mom and that's hard and a single, full-time single working mom. But I do, I think it's just made me a better woman and mom for him. Um, Anyways, but it's really cool. So much more than just a scholarship. So much more. <laughs> that's uh, that's absolutely good to hear. And yeah. Seems... So thanks for supporting it. I should do totally yeah. that. Thank you. Like, and thank you for uh, literally like sacrificing your body to support it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been. Uh, we we were talking before we started recording, and she was asking me. Colleen was asking me how I was doing, and um, basically yeah. my my feet are so we. I finished about four days ago. My feet are still swollen and I'm still having general trouble regulating my body temperature. So I'm usually wearing a coat when everyone else is wearing like normal clothes. So, but other than that, <laughs> Oh, and I've taken, I've taken a nap every day this week, despite sp- yeah. sleeping like nine to 11 hours a night. Um, so there's yeah. that, but I'll be fine in a couple of days. It's not, it's legitimately, it's not a big deal. I'm not concerned. Well, and it probably doesn't help that Kansas City or Leavenworth area right now, like the weather is so up and down. Like nobody's it body free. <laughs> that, is that is true. So, well, good. I'm glad you're recovering though. Um, like, do you do a massage? I think you need a massage. Yeah, I, I'll go to a massage place. Um, I have like a subscription to like a massage envy type place. And okay, uh, I got a massage. Okay, I got a masseuse there. That's pretty good. But I haven't. Okay. I don't know why I'm worried about that for you, but I'm relieved <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> I haven't I haven't scheduled one. I think she was booked for like this week or something. So I'll get it at the end of the month or something. But yeah. Exercise is a big part of my mental stability, but I feel like it's not anywhere <laughs> it's not it's not even like in the same continent as yours. <laughs> well, I yeah, I take things to an I would say an unhealthy extreme. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's what I like to do, I guess. So yeah. So where does that drive come from? Is it just that? Yeah. Like a, where's the connection between your experiences to wanting to do something like what you've done? I mean, it's a combination of things. I'd say kind of growing up, I was always 
when I find something I like, I like to take it to the limits, right? So like, you know, whether that was Boy Scouts, I mean, I was like Eagle Scout with like 60 merit badges and all these. Oh my you know, I got gosh, like I'm 15. a dead mom right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I got into the military or like an ROTC, like I did all the activities and, you know, uh, military, you know, went to Ranger School and Special Forces, right? Like took that essentially to yeah. the extreme there. And then in um, endurance or obstacle course racing, I like endurance stuff. And so I kind of take that to the extreme and, you know, I've uh, borrowed some ideas from other sports where people did some kind of multi-day stuff for fundraisers. And um, I thought obstacle course racing needed something like that. So, yeah. you know, um, so I, I did, I basically have been doing these charity events. So I, I, I typically say for three reasons, right? One's a personal challenge um, because I like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've always, even before I did social media and all that stuff, I've been always been challenging myself. Um, and two is, I think when you do something extreme like that, it helps spread the sport a little bit more because people are like, oh, there's, you know, what is he doing? And then like someone explains yeah. it to you. So you have to <laughs> like, oh, there's a sport called obstacle course racing. Weird. Um, yeah, I didn't know. I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> and then three is for the charity, right? Um, like we talked about for almost the entire episode, uh, you know, yeah. raising money for the charity. Yep. And I think it's very cool. The, I think, the, you know, kind of the two big ways you honor fallen veterans, or at least in my mind, is one, something direct like this, where like I'm physically providing some sort of aid. And then two, I think, you know, just living your life to the fullest. Um, you know, I think that honors uh, the veterans that didn't get to come home because they, sure. they didn't have the opportunity to do certain things. So I should do that for them, um, even if it's not, they can't physically do it themselves, you know? So, um, yeah. yeah, that's the other big one. Well, it's, it's impressive. I had to chuckle a little bit when I was watching one of your clips because I did one mud run in my life and I said, never again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, I did not like being that dirty (laughs) and I don't feel like I'm like a super big diva. Maybe it's more of like the nurse in me that thinks about all the bacteria and germs and I did not enjoy that. Well, if you change your mind, we got a local one in Kansas City called Casey Timber Challenge. Uh, you're welcome to come to it. I'll take you through the course if you want. You just, oh, you just let me know. Oh, that's a very nice offer. <laughs> so maybe we should, we should like raise some money to get me out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't really mean that. No, <laughs> no it's very cool. And I love, I don't know, I just love when people find their way to I think it's an emotion in some ways, like just that, that need to do something about something that's so out of our control. So I'm glad you have found a way to channel that. All right. Well, uh, Colleen, thanks again for coming on. You know, I think a lot of people hear about, you know, military families or you see, you know, people losing um, military service members in the news, but I feel like there's that lack of personal connection with a lot of people because they, they may not yeah. physically know anyone. And I think bringing you on, um, you know, we've had my friend Jenna on the podcast before telling her story, you know, brings it a little more personal, makes that, you know, there's faces and there's people and there's children and there's family members behind these, these losses you see on TV. So um, yeah, just, I love to thank you again for coming on and. Um, oh no, thank you. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me. This is cool. I've never done one of these before, <laughs> so I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> cool. And uh if anyone wants to support Folds of Honor, the fundraising is still open. Uh, you can find it on my Facebook page. 
Uh, you can donate there, or if you want to pick a copy of my autobiography, Ultra OCR Man, the hard copies are the uh, all the profit of that goes to Folds of Honor also. So you That's can donate awesome. either one That's of those really two cool. ways. Uh, the, the book's also available on digital and audiobook. Uh, the profit from that does not go to Folds of Honor because I'm too lazy to segment out all the... <laughs> Because <laughs> they, they they just lump some everything, so you have to like go through oh, and sure. figure out math, and I just it's just too much trouble. Yeah, at that point. No, um, it's for, totally fine. But the the hard copy is one hundred percent for charity. So yeah. All right, well, again, Evan, you're doing good. You're doing good work with this. I just want to say thank you, and I appreciate it. And has to everybody else at Folds of Honor. So thank you. Well, thank you, Colleen, and we will uh, we'll talk to you later. Sounds great. Have a good night. 